Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion. Championship team. This Ace Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Check out their spring collection. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Leading off today for the Oakland Athletics, Ruiz. Batting second, Noda. Hitting third, Rooker. Hitting fourth, Fladé. Hitting fifth, Langoliers. Now that is something I can look at, Eno. I can say, other than Rooker, young players, but Rooker's having a hell of a year, but that's young players that could be the future of this team. I'm not seeing guys who are 33. I'm not seeing guys who are 32. I'm not seeing guys that are not going to be here next year. We're actually playing guys, the first five guys, who actually, if I close my eyes, can they be A's in three years? Yes. My, we're, you know what? It's May 9th. Mark the tape. It's May 9th. We're finally putting a lineup out there that makes sense. Yeah, it's starting to percolate. You know, I think uh, J.P. Sears has been throwing the ball well. Yeah. I can't forget about uh, Seth Brown uh, coming back from uh, his oblique strain. will give them, you know, I think, yeah, I think a, a, like a, a representative, interesting, young, five, six them in the lineup. Um, and, uh, you just need to have some of someone other than Sears start to, you know, and, and Miller, um, start to step forward in that rotation. I think that the, the reason they won't be good this year, <clears throat> even despite that sort of coming together is the bullpen, but that is also something that you can kind of change year to year pretty fast. So, you know, I think if you start to take some of the starters, and put them in the bullpen um, because you, you, you've tried them as starters. That's how you start to make your bullpen better from within. And then the market is always full of short-term relievers. You know, that's something that uh, these A's have always done. Well, I'm going to have to, you know, I normally don't come down your road, but I'm going to have to challenge you, Stuff Plus, and The Athletic. By the way, Eno Saris, our national columnist from The Athletic here on A's Cast Live. I'm going to have to challenge. When we bring up Patton... Garcia and Pruitt, you can't tell me that the, the the bullpen with the highest ERA just didn't dramatically improve in stuff plus. <laughs> I'm coming down your road, my friend. 
I actually, uh, actually hey, really like Pruitt. Patton's 35. We're bringing in experience. <laughs> I actually like Pruitt. Uh, you know, my model says he has a really good uh, slider, so uh, I think he's 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 a, a worthwhile guy. But yeah, I mean the the bullpen's on pace to be uh, one of the worst uh, of all time. It's just uh, it's unfortunate. It's uh, it's something that happens, I think, when you're rebuilding. All right. So I've been kind of dabbling with some orthopedic surgeons, guys in the Bay Area who actually perform Tommy John surgeries. Because I'm just I'm fed up with this hundred pitches. There's no scientific data whatsoever in the medical world that a hundred that you can't pitch to a hundred, you can't pitch over a hundred. There is absolutely no science. Trust the data. There's no scientific data about 100 pitches and injuries. There's just not. These are medical doctors who perform Tommy John surgery. But I'm going to say to you. This is something that they're concerned about. So forget my opinion. This is what they're concerned about, is the fact that we have these athletes trying to perform at max effort every single time they throw the ball. The fact is, you're going to love them. You're going to have your model. You're going to say, look at this guy's stuff plus. It's amazing. The problem is the human body cannot withstand this. They can't withstand always going balls to the wall. That's why pitchers of yesteryear, they didn't throw their best fastball in the first inning. They didn't give it everything. DeGrom comes out there, and he's giving you everything from pitch one to pitch, let's say, 85. The elbow, the shoulder, now the scapula. We never talked scapula back in the day. This is, I mean, Scherzer's dealing with it right now. They're worried he's going to be blown out. I mean, we're at a point with so many Tommy John surgeries, I mean, I mean, it's it's a medical thing. We're not medical doctors. It's just there's something about everybody with velocity, and we talk about every breaking ball and the spin and everything. It just seems like guys' bodies can't hold up. Yeah, there's <clears throat> when you look at the research, there's a, a couple uh, really interesting findings that I think um, underline what you're talking about. One is um, that the, the the harder you throw, like the closer you throw to your personal maximum is the more stress you put on your elbow. Yeah. So it's not it's not that like <clears throat> the guy who throws 98 definitely always is putting more stress on his elbow than the guy who throws 91. That's not necessarily true. If the guy who throws 91 maxes at 92 and he's always throwing 91, Correct, yes. and the guy who throws 98 can go to 103, then the guy throwing 91 is putting more stress on his body yeah. relative. He's maxed out. Um, you're ma- yeah, he's maxed Everybody's out, so. maxed different. Well, <clears throat> put it this way. There's only been in our lifetime, I think, of two guys that did it for a really, really long time, and they didn't have the elbow prop. I think of Nolan Ryan, and, and once again, without PEDs, I think of Nolan Ryan, and I think of Randy Johnson. You talk about guys I, I have a, that threw I have a modern it. version. That <clears throat> threw Justin pro- Verlander. Verlander used to sit 94, and then in the in the last inning, you'd see some 98s. And Correct. he was relatively healthy. And what happened? As he got older, the max came down. He couldn't throw 98 anymore. But that's why but I don't include him, though. Nolan he still Wright- wanted to throw 94, so he just threw 94 against the 96 max, and that's when he got hurt. <laughs> but, but, but the reason why I bring up Randy Johnson, Nolan Ryan – they were always at top speed for, for a long, long time. I mean, Nolan Ryan was throwing 98 at 46 miles an hour. For you. There's two guys that 
pretty much their entire career without major injuries. We're, we're able to, to, to max it to out. To withstand it. Ah, uh, yeah, That's yeah, where yeah, I'm yeah, going. Yeah. I, I think that uh, that's unfortunate, though, because you have guys like that. This is just unicorns. And, you yeah. and like, you know, you can't just point. There's a lot of people point to Nolan Ryan a lot. And I'm just like, I don't know, man. That guy was weird in a lot of different ways. <laughs> like he's it's like just, Tom Brady. How do you play quarterback at 45 years old? It's just. Yeah. You just going to yeah. are you going to say that to everybody now? Oh, well, Tom Brady went to 45. So why can't you? You know, <laughs> so that's one thing. The other the other thing is that uh, we talked about this before, is that uh, velocity is, is more the source of stress. But if you account for breaking balls, uh, then breaking balls thrown at really high velocity are. And that's really in vogue, because like, not only do we have the Grom's 94 mile an hour slider, but we have this whole thing called the gyro slider, which is a, basically an 89 to 91 mile an hour slider. It's not a cutter anymore. It actually has a little bit of depth. And that pitch was the pitch before the sweeper. I literally just talked to Bryce Miller after his start against Oakland. Um, uh, on I forget when, but recently, I think it was Friday. Um, and... Bryce Miller said, when I was coming up in the minor leagues, they taught me the gyro slider. That was the hot thing. The hot thing was the 89 mile an hour, you know, slider. And so I learned that. And now they're teaching me the hot thing is the sweeper. Well, guess what's true about the sweeper? Every bit of velocity makes it better. So if you could throw the sweeper 87, it's better than throwing the sweeper 83. So now I'm telling the kids, hey, I want you to throw an 89 mile an hour slider. Oh, by the way, velo is the best thing you can do for your whole arsenal. And, uh, oh, now throw this sweeper. Oh, it's also better if you throw it harder. So all of the analytics, all of the sort of uh, data is telling them to throw harder. And the market is telling them to throw harder. And you're going to get more money. Look at Jake DeGrom getting 180. There are other people who throw way more innings that got way less money. And so the market rewards excellence on a per inning basis and doesn't seem to care as much about soaking up innings or having many innings. So Kyle Gibson gets 30 million. Jake DeGrom gets 180 million until the market changes. The kids are just going to look at where they can get paid. Yeah. And then you got guys like me who go and look at bullpen ERAs and when 20 of the teams bullpen, bullpen ERAs is over 3.70 all the way up to where we are at, what, seven-something, you start to realize you don't get those innings because we're paying per inning of greatness per inning, but they're not great. They're not a lot of innings. All of a sudden, your bullpens are, are just absolutely whack. But you're right. You know, it might be one thing where we're saying you're going full max on fastball, but when we start manipulating the side of the ball, and we're going full max, and we're causing because the minute we start doing any type of movement with our hands, with our grip, right, while also having the arm speed of a fastball, correct. Is that where all of a sudden the the ligament? So essentially, your UCL. There is research that suggests that's true. Yeah, it, it goes right. It's your funny bone, folks. You can feel your funny bone. It goes right in here. And when you have Tommy John surgery, they take the surgery and they put a, basically like a bow on it and put it outside that groove. But inside that groove, when you're doing this all the time, for some reason, that tendon can't can't take it. Did you ever have surgery? No. Hmm. I did hurt my elbow and my shoulder. I actually hurt my shoulder my senior year, and then I was like, well, I'm done. I'm going to be a broadcaster. I'm not. And over, <laughs> and over time, over time, I don't have a problem. I can still wing the hell out of a football. I can still throw a baseball. But, yeah, no, I never had Tommy John. And you know what? I never played with it. Think about all the years I played. I played baseball for – 
from the time I was a little kid till my senior year, I would have been, what, 22 years old or whatever, never played once with a guy who had Tommy John surgery. Hmm. And I played in the number one baseball conference in the country at the time where it's, you know, you guys remember we had Phil Nevin, we had Jason Giambi, we had Mark Kotze, we had Bobby Jones at now Fresno. We're talking about all these guys who were the You golden... wouldn't have come through that same conference now and, the, and said the same thing. The you, would go- have, you would have known many people that had Tommy John. Correct. Nobody did. Like, nobody had Tommy John. Sir. It's crazy. Yeah. But the earlier you have it, uh, the shorter your career is, and uh, and the more likely you are to have a second. That That's also research. So... You know, I think if I was uh, coaching a young player that did have a lot of velo, um, you know, especially in college or whatever, uh, I, I, my focus would be on long-term health with the, the younger the player is, high school and college. And um, I would tell them, leave a lot of velo in your back pocket because you can get drafted just on the fact that you hit 96, 97, 98, you know? Yeah. And it'll be healthier for you if you, through your college years, sit 92, 93 off of that 98. You know, or, you know, don't go all the way max through through college and high school and, and save that. Save like, honestly, save that for when you're getting paid. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like, save that. Save the elbow. Or you're trying you're to get paid. paid. You're you're try- right before you need to get that contract. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we also you also and I have heard this from pitchers that um, they, they don't mind going full bore and blowing out once they get to the majors, uh, oh. because then they'll be on the major league I.L. Isn't that amazing that we have people that actually say that publicly where they'll say it's okay. I, I'm okay with uh blowing out. I mean, it's just, it's, but it's a, it's a job, right? Like it's, it's a job like any other, you don't want to blow out when you're, you're making 20,000 a year. I mean, do you worry about, what do you worry about blowing out working for the athletic? <laughs> my, my creativity bone. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know what to write anymore. All right. Yes. Okay. I think we're past the uh, point where we go, um, the Rays are really good, but I think we just know the Rays are really good. I would rather focus on who are you really worried about, right? The Phillies got off to a bad start, but they kind of, okay. Um, it seems to me in St. Louis, they're caught Contreras now, and, oh, they got to let everybody know there's meetings going on. I mean, it was already the way Marmol handled the playoffs now this year. I mean, it starts looking like a dumpster fire, and there's just always issues, and they had issues with guys hustling earlier in the year. And now I look at the Mets. The Mets are spending more money than anybody in the history of baseball. So who are the teams that were supposed to be good, and they're spending a grip of cash that you're starting to go, eh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, St. Louis is the bottom 10 uh, pitching staff and a bottom five rotation is, is on the top of my list. Uh, you know, New York just looking – uh, older, you know, what's amazing about this, I'm looking right now at teams pitching staffs and New York, uh, the New York Mets are 29th in overall by Fangraphs war. And uh, it doesn't even have to just be war. Uh, but the reason why war matters here a little bit is because they pitch in a pitcher's park. So when I tell you that they have, you know, a bottom five ERA, that's rough. They're not a Coors Field. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or Mexico City. <laughs> so, uh, and it's been it's been a, a tale of injuries, and some of that is shooting themselves in the own foot. It's like the same thing with the Cardinals, where um, you know you say, well, you know, you guys were projected to have a bad rotation to start the year, and uh, you just kept thinking that 
whatever magic you had with Yachty and the defense in that park was just going to keep continuing. Um, and then you brought in Wilson Contreras, who's not known as a, as a great defensive uh, catcher. I'm not going to put it all on him anyway, but I'm just saying like from a planning perspective, there is, you could poke some holes in that planning. I don't even think you have to do that. Um, you know, looking backwards, you could have probably done that, uh, you know, before the season started. And there were people saying, Hey, the Mets are really old uh, in the, in the rotation. I mean, Kodai Senga, I think was a, a huge signing for them because you know, it was at least somebody that was close to 30. The other two aces that they had are 40. And it doesn't always have to be like, oh, Tommy John. It can be a neck like it is for Max Scherzer or a back or an oblique, uh, whatever Justin Verlander's coming off of. So, um, you know, when you have these old guys, Carlos Carrasco uh, looks like he might not be playable uh, as, a, as a starting pitcher anymore. So, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the end comes for people and usually it comes in the, in the mid thirties, late, late thirties. And, you know, they, they, they were walking that tightrope there. And I, and I don't think that they necessarily had the player development process in place to like have ready-made replacements uh, coming from behind. I mean, Tyler Megill was, is okay. And David, and David um, Peterson is okay, but you know, they're not, they're not churning out guys like the Dodgers or whatever. So uh, it, it looks like an old team all of a sudden. You know, it's funny when, you know, I, I write down the standings in my scorebook when I put the – so I do the A's, so I always have the American League West, and then I have the other team, whoever we're playing, and I put their standings up. It truly is amazing that I'm looking at the New York Yankees being in last place. It's not like they're under 500. Now I can rip them, and they're old, and they got, they've got their problems, whatever. But the point of this question is – Everybody in the East is over 500, and they're yeah. all projecting for high win totals. They play each other less, so that, what, allows them to go feast on everybody else instead of beat upon each other as much? I mean, what are you making of this AL East? Because are they going to have not only their their champion, will the, the, the team that wins the, the East will be in the playoffs, but are all the wild card teams going to be them too? I mean, this division's impressive. I think it's very likely. I mean, you you could say it one way. You say, okay, well, they used to play in division opponents 19 times. Now it's 16 times. It's only three-game difference. But if you think about it from the race perspectives, that's three fewer games against four teams. That's 12 fewer games. So all of a sudden you're playing 12 fewer games against all good teams in the Orioles, Blue Jays, Red Sox, and Yankees. And those 12 games are replaced by, you know, uh, you know, who knows, you know, could be the Royals could be, you know, in terms of who you were playing last year. So, um, you know, I think that really has helped them. And that's why people said early on, well, the Rays schedule really helped them. Well, yes. And they were a great team. Um, and the schedule is going to, going to help, uh, the, the big conferences. And I think the big, the big conferences, like in, in college football speak are the AL East, the NL East, um, in the West, the centrals are, are, are falling behind. They have, uh, multiple, multiple teams in, in, uh, on the wrong side of 500, the AL central, for example, second place is under 500. Yeah. And you, you look at a team that we're, we, we all said out where we are, you know, like, Oh, Jeff Blum told us the great Cal bear now, uh, World Series hero for the White Sox, now TV guy for for the Astros, told us, you know, if you were to bet against the Astros early, yeah, they're going to have some issues. I mean, obviously, they still got Altuve out. Brantley's got, what, the shoulder still he hasn't played. And I'm missing Verlander. 
But all of a sudden, Luis Garcia has Tommy John surgery. I mean, you start to look at the Astros and you go, wow, as great as they have been six straight years in the ALCS, four World Series, won two of them. Man, they are looking beatable right now. Yeah. I Like the, the, the Yankees and the Astros, I'm not as worried about. Um, like, the, for example, the Yankees are still above 500. The, the Astros are basically at it. Um, and I don't think that the injury uh, news has been great for either team uh, in the early going. Um, but I'm a little bit more worried about the Astros uh, just because – they, they, you know, when letting Verlander go, that's fine. They, they, they had Hunter Brown. Hunter Brown has been great. Um, but then behind Hunter Brown, uh, you know, it would have been better if they had Verlander and Hunter Brown comes up and then Verlander's healthy and then Luis Garcia is out. You know what I mean? Like the, the yeah. depth behind them is not really there. The next guy up is JP France. He's okay. He's got uh, some good stuff, but not great command. And, you know, the odds are he comes up and then somebody else goes down. So Jose Arquiti is already hurt. And the next guy is Force Whitley, who just can't find the plate. So I don't even know that, like, I think they're really stretched to the point where I don't think they necessarily have another starter that can step in. If some, like, they might be doing bullpen games and, 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 and Brandon Belak games. And um, I, I think that's really going to hurt them. And then I think the Jose Abreu signing was a bad one. Uh, I think Jose Abreu's numbers against the fastball have really been in decline uh, for about five years now, and they've continued to be in decline. And when that, when I see that, it says to me that the bat speed is gone. Um, and so if the bat speed is gone for him, then and, and Brantley's older, uh, then you're really hoping uh, for somebody to step up and, and be a good batter. I don't think Dubon is that. I think he's a he's a fine glue guy. Uh, and I'm not sure that any of their young guys are, are ready to step in other than Jeremy Pena uh, and be a star. So their their uh, player development engine has stalled a little bit. Cody, you all right with that? You, I mean, you thought Abreu was like the <laughs> signing of Ted Williams back in the offseason. You okay with that? I mean, they let Guriel go for – I thought they were going to plug, plug and play, as they say. Wow, yeah. wow. You know, one guy I want to bring up to you, there's always going to be mixed – feelings about Matt Chapman. I loved Matt Chapman. Now, Matt Chapman rubs some people wrong. That's just a reality. I love the guy. I like thought, a, he's just a bit of a red ass, right? Like, he just worked really hard. and, how, and well, we well, I mean, you know. Didn't have time to sort of joke around. There's however you want to see it. I'm just okay. saying I like Matt Chapman. I yeah, love yeah. him. Uh, I would have loved to play with him. I mean, he came to win every single day. There was things yeah. off the field, but whatever. Matt Chapman, I was worried. Like, he turned down the supposed $150 million. We had him on, and I'm thinking, man, if he never gets this money, I'm going to feel bad for him. Uh, what's so interesting, if you look at Matt Chapman, in 2020 at 232, 2021 he at 210, last year he at 229, He's hitting 349 this year leading baseball. I mean, that's dramatic. Now, you could say playing in that band box, we can talk about juice ball, whatever. What is so – people talked about he's changed his swing a little bit. What is the big difference that's turned Matt Chapman from hitting below 230 to now hitting almost 350? Well, it's – 
one answer is definitely there's a fair amount of luck. <laughs> <He's>, uh, <laughs> his batting average on balls and play is way up. But, yeah. um, you know, I remember the book being uh, that you could blow the bye-bye uh, Matt Chapman up high. And uh, he had a good low ball swing. Uh, he could turn on the ball inside, but anything sort of above the belt and over the plate, uh, he had trouble with. And I'm looking right now at the heat map of uh, his ability to make contact on those pitches. He's really improved it. Um, you know, it used to be really blue all the way across the top. Uh, now you basically have to tightrope walk with him and you have to get it really at the top end of the strike zone. He can actually do some damage now uh, around the belt over the plate. Um, and that's a different thing there. So now I, I do believe he's he's uh, he's fixed a hole plus some 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 good luck. So but, you know, it's always uh, it's it's really important to, to do that. And you can see it in other places where there's not as much noise like his strikeout rate um, after being really high in 2020. It's gone down every year and it's back to kind of where he was when he was at his best in 2018 and 2019 around 25% right now, his swinging strike rate is down. That swinging strike rate points to me to that thing that he's kind of covered this hole. And it reminds me of other guys that have struggled with high pitches and, and figured out a way to cover the hole, which is, you know, like Kyle Schwarber, Cody Bellinger. There are other guys who've had a little bit more of a loopy low ball swing that have figured out uh, some movements in order to, to get to the high ball. And so I think there's a the marriage of really good adjustment plus uh, the fact that uh, he's getting some some good luck. Let's end on this. I put a beer in front of you. It's been a long day, and you're thirsty. What is your stuff plus to get that thing down? <laughs> what you, what's the what's the question? What's your set to get that beer down? How fast is that? To, what's your stuff plus? Are you are you you, <laughs> you attacking that thing? Uh, if, if it's a good like pilsner and it's a and it's a hot day and uh, I'm at the game, I, I can maybe dust one away pretty quickly. Yeah, because <laughs> you're getting into you're about to get into. I mean, we're not there yet. I mean, outside it's still pretty cloudy, but we're not far away from getting into your. I'm more of a. I'm more of a. It's for the taste. I'm savoring it. Well, no, you're going to be into your summertime beers. We're going to be getting into what, how Eno. Now we're talking crushers. You, you, you like you get out of spring and you get into summer Eno. I'm always interested in you and what happens when it warms up. How you change because drinking that thick beer. Yeah, t- tough in the summertime. It, I'm going to call it the summer of the cold IPA. The cold IPA is an IPA that has basically been lagered, and so it tastes a little bit more like a lager. It's it's thinner. It's crisper. Uh, so let's call it the summer of the cold IPA. You know, it'll get hot and then you want the cold IPA. Yeah, whatever's in that cup at your kid's Little League game, you, I mean, you got to. <laughs> Was I not supposed to say that? <laughs> Don't you love that, how you got the parents out in right field with the solo cups? It's like, That's right. Let That's them enjoy right. themselves. I, I saw someone do it uh, like a, uh, they did a diagram of Little League games and they're like, <laughs> You know, behind behind the home plate is where the guys that thought they should be the coach are, you know. <laughs> <laughs> here are the grandpas over here sitting on the bleachers. Yeah. And then and then there was like, and here are the, the guys with beer in their in their coffee cups. Yeah. And yeah. out in center field. <laughs> you got the dad who thinks his kid's the next Mickey Mantle and he's yelling <laughs> at his kid, but then you got the And he's dad. he's like on the fence yelling at his kid. <laughs> yelling at the coach. Oh at my the God. umpires, anybody. That is good. Play the man is close.
The Eno Saris <laughs> Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Have a great week, my friend. You too. Eno Saris, our national baseball columnist. That's funny. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.